Lord, we just thank you, God. Lord, some would consider this a visitation. And Lord, I'm thankful that we can experience a visitation. But Lord, as an adopted child, I'm tired of visitations. I'm ready for an inhabitation. I'm ready to move in. I'm ready to be embraced. I'm ready to know that you're that you're in the house every time I enter the door. I'm ready to know that you're sitting at the table. I'm ready to know, God, that I don't have to wait to the next visitation, but Lord, I can call on you and you're right here and now. But I pray that that you would stir an expectation in us. Lord, to recognize that you have not called us, Lord, for visitations, but you called us to enter into the glories of the Lord. You called us to draw near. And Lord, I pray that, that we this morning will experience that, that we will find ourselves in the abiding presence of the Lord, that we'll find ourselves in the shelter of the Almighty, recognizing that you are here with us. And that we don't have to wait, but God, we can enter in as soon as we walk through the door, even before we walk through the door. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for refreshing this morning. May it stir us even more and more to go hard after you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Do you love me this morning? Amen. Amen. Come on. Do you love him? Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but man, I, I feel like I already had church. Um, I've had church in this house already. Come on. Say it, brother. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Woo!
Come on. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what's great is? Is it's not going to come through the polished. It's not going to come through the, the all the purdy. Come on. It's going to come through the snot. It's going to come through the brokenness. It's going to come through even recognizing that your past might try to hinder you from your future. But just like Elisha had to take the old cart before he was able to follow Elijah, he had to take the old cart. He had to chop it up. He had to burn it for a sacrifice. Some of, it, some of y'all's past is going to be the, the fuel that lights the flame for your future. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to worry about the past any longer. But you can say, yes, Lord. Yes, I would. Yet the enemy wants to remind you of your past, but just remind him of his future because if you're trusting in the Lord, you know that your future has brighter days than your past. Amen? And God can transform and change your life. It's time for us to recognize that the Spirit of the Lord wants to move. Don't hinder him any longer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so excited this morning. I want to rip my jacket off and untuck my shirt and just be home. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will take the jacket off because I'm hot as all get out in this house. You love the Lord? Amen. Amen. It blows my mind to think of the goodness of God. I mean, doesn't that just, I mean, how many know who you are? I mean, you look at yourself every morning in the mirror, right? You, you know you, you know, you, you wish you could forget your past. You wish you could scrub it out. So you know who you are. You know what you've done. You recognizes the pain that you've caused. You recognizes the hurt that you have, uh, that you have caused the Lord because of your unlove for him or your unfaithfulness. I'm reminded of Hosea and Gomer and how, how he loved his wife and, and married her and how often she was unfaithful. And I feel like so time, so many times the church is Gomer and we, we have been unfaithful and yet the Lord 
is so overwhelmingly in love with us that even in spite of our unfaithfulness, even in spite of our pain that we cause, even the embarrassment that we are, He still loves us. He still cares for us. He's still compassionate for us. He's still chasing after us. He's still running for you because He loves you that much. Isn't that amazing? That blows my mind that God would love us, the creator of all the world, who, who flung the stars and put up the moon and sun and all of that, and yet he could think so, so much small to look at you and I and create even the very cells that's in our body and love us that much. I'm overwhelmed by his love. I mean, to think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He didn't say, for God so loved the people that he knew would turn to him. He didn't say, you know, for God so loved the Christians. Think about that. For God so loved the world that he was willing to give of himself the best, the begotten, to die on a cross, his only begotten son. That whoever would believe, whoever, think about that, whoever. Sometimes we get picky, don't we? Sometimes we get picky. Well, I don't know if I want them. I mean, we're, it's, like we're, it's like we're children and we're picking teams. And, and, and we've got both sides and we're like, well, I'll take that one. And the other side, well, I'll take this one. It's like we're picking teams and some of us feel like we're the last one chosen. But yet Jesus said, whosoever will, come on. Guess what? That includes me. That includes you. He includes you in that. Whosoever will, whoever will call his name, whoever will believe in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. God is so awesome. Thank you, Josh. Matter of fact, I wrote, I literally wrote on the top of my paper before service to share a minute about the water line. Josh, I don't know, guys, if you missed Wednesday night, you missed a good time uh, hearing a prophetic word given, and it was a, a, a dynamite word, and, and, and literally this week has been just a stir of the Spirit of the Lord, and it's been stirring in, not in, in, in several folks, and, and this dream that Josh was sharing about, about the water line going up, uh, I don't know about you, but I just feel like God's wanting us to get ready because He doesn't want us to be left behind. He wants us to rise with Him. Come on, as the Lord as the Lord arises, He wants us to rise with Him. And I believe that the water line of the Spirit of the Lord is is moving up. I believe this church is becoming charged and ready and prepared for a spiritual revival that that cannot be contained. And I and I don't know about you, but I don't want to contain God any longer. I want to see Him move in this place. I want to see revival spark. And I believe revival is not just a series of services, but it is it is the dynamic presence of God showing up every time the people of God come together. It is when healings take place. It is when deliverance takes place. It's when people find themselves unrelentingly open and surrender to God and Him moving in them. And that's what I believe God wants to do. Amen. Amen. So I don't know about you, but I want to rise as the Lord rises. I want to I want to go up in Him. I want to rise with Him. I want to be seated in heavenly places according to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't want to be left behind. 
I don't want to walk in the, in the past. I don't want to allow the hindrances of self and self-reflection uh, to say, this is all I can be, this is all I am, because this is who I used to be. No, I want to say, wherever God wants to take me, that's where I want to go. Wherever God wants to move me, I'm willing to, to arise with Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I believe that. John 17, 25 through 26 says, O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you. Just to give you an idea, this is Jesus. This is considered the, the prayer of the high priest. This is Jesus praying. This is Jesus speaking to, to, to the people. He says, and these have known that you sent me. Verse 26 and I've made your name known to them, and I will make it known. Come on. How many know that we hadn't seen it all yet? <laughs> Look, just when we think we've arrived, God shows something different, doesn't he? Look, I, 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 I am thankful that you cherish the moment that God moved in your life at a certain time and period of your life. Those are phenomenal moments. Come on. I will always cherish the moment, the night that God absolutely wrecked my world and transformed my life when I woke up under a pew speaking in a heavenly language. When I come in, I was smoking and drinking and cussing and God absolutely transformed my life. I will never forget that. I will never stop cherishing that moment. But if I'm continually living in that moment, I will miss the next moment God has for me. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so he says, he says, uh, that I've, you've, I've, see, <clears throat> and I've made your, your, your name, to, see, made your name known to them and I will make it known. So that the love which you love me may be in them. And I in them. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will experience your love. And Lord, I pray that we will not allow the world's response to hinder us from our relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that our eyes will be focused on you, God, that you would cleanse and purge and, and that you would permeate our life. That Everything that we enter out of the closet, God, that you will fill it with the, good, the goodness of God. And that your presence will permeate our lives. And that we will walk in your truths. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, look, the reality is, is that when we've been given the word, the enemy doesn't like it. And, and I think that it, we get frustrated. Because when we get hurt by somebody, guess what? It hurts, right? It don't feel good. And, and, and the world has these responses. They, they're bullies. They'll go around and push you around. They'll try to intimidate you. They'll use words that manipulate you to, to get you to do what they say or to silence you from doing what they think you want to do. That's the style of the enemy. That's, what, that's the tactics that the enemy wants to use because uh, they hate the fact 
that you've been given the Word of God. Come on. They hate the fact that you've been given uh, the Word. And, and, and so what does the Word represent? Well, we understand that, you know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. We understand that the Word is the authority. It is Christ Jesus. It is His literal Word given to us. We've been given the authority of God. Think about that. And, and so the enemy doesn't like that we have authority. The enemy doesn't want us to walk in authority. The enemy wants to uh, subvert our authority. He wants to supersede us. He wants to intimidate and keep us from having that authority. Because why? Because when we truly grasp the understanding of the authority that God has given us, the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, somebody. Mark chapter 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on. And so when we see that the dynamic anointing of God is given by the authority of God and we begin to walk in the authority of God, there's no demonic presence that can stand. There's no sickness that can, that can stand in our way. We begin to be the words of God. We begin to declare to the enemy in Jesus' name, be gone. Come on. And I'm not talking about a cliche. I'm not talking about just the ending of your prayer when we say in Jesus' name. I'm talking about Jesus Christ showing up in you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, because you are walking in the authority of God, because you've been given the keys to the kingdom of God. What you bind here on earth has already been bound in heaven. What you loose has already been loosed. I'm, not, I'm here to tell you, you need to quit tolerating what the enemy's trying to do. You need to speak the thing of God come on there's some declarations that you make when you carry the word of God it's not just a book that's on your shelf it's not just some book that you kind of dust off every once in a while and say well Lord I guess it's better time we better open no I'm talking about a power that is unchanging a power that is eternal I'm talking about from the very foundations of the world when God spoke it there it was when he said let there be light there was light in the house I don't know about you but there's two much darkness invading your invading your house and you've got to break open the word of God you've got to begin to declare the things of God over your home over your family over your house come on somebody in Jesus name oh the enemy's gonna hate as they say today haters gonna hate right come on I ain't no Taylor Swift fan, but somebody got to shake it off. <laughs> Amen. I mean, why would we expect the world to have a different response? Come on. I mean, it, it, it blows my mind that Christians are offended that the world doesn't like them. I mean, come on, really? I mean, did not Jesus declare? I mean, when you look at John 17, 14, just above the verses that I read a few moments ago, he says, I have given them your word, right? And the world has hated them. Why? Because he's given them the authority. He's given them the anointing. He's given them the power. He's given them the ability to be overcomers. And the enemy, the world, hates it. So why would we think that the world would have a different response? Why would not the world want to manipulate the things of God? 
Because when we declare this is life, the enemy doesn't like it. When we declare this is the order in which God has created it, the enemy doesn't like it. Come on. The enemy wants to subvert. He wants to bring demise to the family. He wants to bring hardship because if he can break down the, the very roots of the family that God has created, he knows that he can break down the church. He knows that he can tear apart families. He can tear apart the church. And it, and it, and it takes away the authority that God himself has put on us. So the enemy is going to hate. John 15 and 18 says, If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Right? I love what, what uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 13 says, Don't be surprised that the world hates you. Right? So why would we be surprised? Why would we allow the, uh, the, the, the world's reaction to the things of God to surprise us? The key factor that I believe that if we expect a move of God, if we expect a, the, God's plans to be fulfilled in us, then we have to learn to rise above the hate of the world. Look, we can fight fire with fire, but where does that get us? It puts us on the same level. It puts us on the same plane. That's why the Lord says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but made mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, somebody. So we need to recognize that our weaponry is not the same. Our, our function of how we war is not the same. There's a different plan. There's a different strategy. And yet, I believe that the world, the church, needs to be reminded of the strategy of God. Amen? Because it's easy to fall in line. Because guess what? We are emotional beings, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We get a little emotional. I don't like it when somebody, you know, gets all up in my face. Come on. One of the hardest times of my life, Josh, is when I was, um, I was a new Christian. And, and I was, I went to where, how many of y'all, okay, this is old school, okay. How many of y'all used to cruise? Cruising, right? So I decided, man, I was on fire Christian. I'm going to go out where everybody's cruising. I'm going to hang out on the street. I'm going to talk to people about Jesus. Yeah. Cru cruise. No, I'm not talking about getting no big ship cruising. I cru I'm talking about, you know, your low rider and you got your core. No, you, your, your ride's already low. You know what funny is, is back, I, I was raised in a time when the back was raised up, you know? And then, and, and then, and then the, the next generation got the front raised up. I'm like, you can't even see over the hood, dummy. Anyway, but I was out there, and I was just sharing. I was, you know, trying to be, you know, make relationships, use my relationship evangelism, right? And this guy just leaned out and, Smack. I was a new Christian. And my flesh reared up in me. 
and my face turned blood red because my blood pressure went out the roof. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, help me now. I'm about to wail on somebody. God, help me. But that's the way it goes, right? We're emotional. If you take something like that, it gets personal. And so our emotions flare. We feel personally attacked because they're attacking our God, right? It's kind of like David when, when he heard Goliath and, and Goliath was saying these things and, and the whole Israelite army was behind rocks thinking, you know, I ain't messing with that guy. And David's like, are you going to let him talk about us that way? Are you going to let him talk about our God that way? So David got a little emotional. It's one thing to have a righteous indignation. It's one thing to, to have a sense of fieriness for the Lord. But it's another thing to operate in our emotions and in our flesh. Right? And, and, and sadly, as we've been given a method today to, to speak Right? And, it's, and it's, we're, we're speaking with these fingers and we're speaking with our thumbs with no ramifications of what other people are doing. And so we have this venue of being able to operate in the flesh with no consequences because we don't get to see people's reaction. And so we have to be careful because if we are expecting a move of God, we cannot operate in the flesh. Because the Bible says that he reveals the spirit to spirit and flesh to flesh. Right? Y'all love me this morning? Amen. I mean, when you think about it, when we're relying on our own cognitive and emotional ability to be able to respond to the attacks of the enemy, we have to realize that our heart is deceived. Right? Did y'all know that? I mean, because if you look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is more deceitful than, than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? So when you're relying on yourself and you're relying on your own ability and you're relying on your flesh, guess what? It will deceive you. Because, I don't know about you, but when I get hurt, I get backed into a corner. Guess what happens? Come on, we're about to bust somebody up, right? We get backed into a corner and we come out fighting because we have this flight, fight or flight mentality, right? And if we can't get out of it, we're just going to come out swinging no matter who wins or who loses, we're going to fight. Y'all like, y'all ain't never done it before. Mm-hmm. Y'all married, ain't you? Oh, I'm just kidding. The reality is, is that when we depend on that, we depend on our, our heart, we are deceived. It is deceitful. I mean, no wonder Jeremiah said, the Lord told through Jeremiah in, in verse 5 of chapter 17, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. God help us, right? It goes on in, in verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord and whose trust 
is the Lord. Because when we recognize that our ability to be able to uh, utilize the instruments that God has given us is only as we rely on the Spirit of God. Oh, y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, the Bible's called the sword of what? The sword of the Spirit. It didn't say the sword of Paul. It didn't say the sword of Hal. Right? The sword of the Spirit. Look, I can carry this thing around all I want to. I can thump people. I can thump somebody in the head with it. I can lay somebody out in the name of Pow! Y'all remember T.L. Lowry, don't you? I'm not sure if he's in the spirit all the time. Some of them days, I believe he just, hmm, hmm, pow. But if, if this is the sword of the spirit, then I need to be able to utilize it. And I can only utilize it when I'm walking in the spirit. Right? So because I can't, it's kind of like, the, you know, the, the big sword in the rock, you know. I can't pull it out. Xavier's sword or something like that. Y'all know the myths. Excalibur, there you go. Yeah, him, that person. But when I got the spirit, I can, I can pull that baby out. And then I am also led by the spirit of God to be able to war against everything. But having to understand that this spiritual sword not only cuts that way, but it cuts this way. Right? And so when I begin to walk in the Spirit of God, I need to let this Word not only be begin to, to, to fight the battle of my enemy, but I also need to let it look introspectively in me and cut off the things of the flesh that are hindering me, the things that have caused me to struggle. Come on. Amen. 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 So I've got to use this Word appropriately. I've got to be careful not to operate in the flesh. Think about Leviticus chapter 19, 16. It says, You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Verse 17 says, You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. Verse 18, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Amen. Ooh, Jesus, help us. Right? Oh, God. Wait a minute, Lord. You didn't have to go that far, did you? But if we're operating in emotion, if we're operating woundedly, and we're not trusting in God. We're not caring about the word of God. The word which, is, which completes us. The word which gives us joy. The word which helps us to overcome. Then we're easily susceptible to, to these kind of emotions that cause us to want revenge. It causes us to want to slander. It causes us, i got to prove my point. Ooh, we ain't ever said that, have we? It got quiet up in this Pentecostal house. God help us. Because if we want revival, if we want to see God move, we have to operate how He operates. 
And aren't you glad that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will call on him, come on, will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. I mean, I'm reminded this past Wednesday night, the Lord put a little word and I shared about five minutes on it of Joel chapter 2 because let me tell you something, folks. God will not tolerate sin. God will not tolerate a world that's filled with sin. Think about it. I believe that as in the days of Noah, come on, I believe there's coming a, a, a latter judgment on the world, and I believe that we got to be ready. We, we have to get our minds focused that there's a calamity that may be coming, and God's trying to warn us and get our attention off of ourselves and get our attention on Him. Amen? If you look at Joel chapter 2, Y'all like my little yellow tabs down here, don't you? Joel chapter 2, it starts, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near. Look, I can go on and read and talk about that fact, but let me give you another word that I believe, this is where we are, okay? This is where I believe we are. In verse 18, Sorry, verse 12. It says, yet even now. Somebody say, yet even now. Yet even now. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate. Show slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of calamity or evil. I believe that we're in a position that the world is in chaos, and the world is in havoc, and it's, there's hate all around us. You see the world rising up in hate that hates the things of God, that hates the body of Christ, that hates every religious venue that, 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 that we see. And, and guess what, guys? When we stand up for God, the enemy's going to come back even more vibrant with hate to try to destroy the body of Christ. But what the Word said, even now, I believe that we're in an even now moment. I believe we're in a moment of repentance. We're in a moment of turning back to the Lord. But there's too many people who are just tearing their garment. There's too many people who are just saying, well, uh, I guess I'll repent. But there's no deep down change in their heart. Look, repentance is not just going back, patty-caking with God, somebody. Repentance is recognizing that, yes, I have walked in sin. Yes, I have lived mediocrity. Yes, I have not surrendered to God completely. Yes, my life is filled with a lot of personal idols that I have allowed to adorn my life. Yes, I need Jesus more now than ever before. Yes, I repent and I denounce the things that I've trusted in. I denounce finances. I denounce all the things that, have, that I have trusted in to, to support me. And now I turn my eyes to Jesus and know that he's the author and finisher of my faith. If I need something, he will provided I will walk in my I will walk in my trust with him I will trust him and know that he is my God and he will lead me he will guide me into all truth amen, amen. if God wants me in it he'll lead me to it amen if God wants me a part of it he will guide me through it amen and so when we begin to repent and I believe that we've seen this over the last uh, of the last several months 
those who went to Washington saw a great movement of repentance. Over a over hundred thousand people coming together to say, we repent. And God, forgive us. And, and I love how it goes on down in, in that same chapter. And it says, let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare, spare your people, O Lord. Spare your people, O Lord. I want you to know something. That God hears the cry of his people. God hears the cry of his people. It says, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and he will have pity on his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I am going to send you grain and new wine and oil and you will be satisfied full with them and I will never again make you a reproach among the nations. God, help us. So what does revival look like? When, when, when we truly walk in repentance and we truly change our ways and say, it's not about just a, a moment where I remember something that I've done before God and I, and I ask God to forgive me, but I keep on going the same way. No, it is an absolute change of lifestyle. It's an absolute change of mentality. Renew your mind, come on. It's about transformation. It's about new creation. And when we truly allow God to transform us, then we can see the Lord pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Verse 28, it will come, it will, it will come about later this, that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I'm believing for a latter rain outpouring of the power of God even in the midst of the chaos that we find because people are willing to humble themselves before God. They're willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I'm willing to let loose of everything that's hindering me, everything that's holding me back. And God, as the water level rises, so I will rise with you, God. I will rise with you, Lord. I will worship you. I will honor you. I will go where you want me to go, Father. Amen. 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 God, help us to rise with the Lord. Help us to respond in such a way that we're not imitating the world, but recognize that we've been called to imitate God. We're dearly loved children of the Lord, and we've been called to follow Him, to listen to Him. He said, my, my sheep know my voice. Are we, when's the last time we've heard His voice? What's the last time in our prayer that God has truly spoken into our spirit? Come on. We've got, to get back to, we've got to get back to being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We can't, look, let me tell you something. It drives me crazy when somebody says, I just don't get fed at church. Look, let me tell you something. Just, and, and let me help you out. Do you eat one meal at home a week? Because you done a need Look, I don't know if you've ever fasted before. But after about the third day, you're not hungry anymore. And I believe the fact is, is some of you have been fasting the word of God. And you wonder why you ain't hungry no more. Because when you get into the word and you start feasting on the manna from heaven. 
You're going to want more of it. Right? And, and, and some of us are anemic because we haven't been in the Word. We haven't experienced God so long. We, we, we've been patty-caking around. We've been watching others find the presence. And we're like, ooh, that looks good. But, and we get these little chill bumps and we think we done found God. Look, I'm going to tell you something. When you find God, it will be transformative. It won't just be a chill bump so you say, well, God moved today and you walked home and you do the same old, same old you've always been doing. It will cause you to do something different. It will be an experience that draws you into his word and says, I just can't get enough of it. I got to have more of it. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in love with your spouse, which I hope you still are, there's a stirring, right? You can't get enough. You want to be around them. You get on the phone. When when we were dating, we'd get on the phone. Of course, we didn't have cell phones back then. That just sounds old. God, I am not that old. But we'd get on the phone. We talk for hours. We want to know each other. We'd get in the car and she'd go home for, for spring break or whatever from college. And I'd say, well, babe, I, let's just meet in the middle. Well, that's Lord Georgia line. Oh. And so we'd, we'd, meet, we'd meet in the middle over in Jasper, Tennessee. And we'd just sit at a restaurant and just googly eye, look at each other and talk for hours. Because we wanted to see each other. How much more should we have that same compassion and drive to want to know the creator of the world who has invited us into a personal relationship to love us like we've never been loved before? That can embrace us and hold us in the darkest moments of our life who loves us so much that he's willing to die for us. How much more should we want to experience that kind of love? God, help us. I mean, I look through John chapter 17. And I want you to understand something. Verse 13, but now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world so that they may, ha- they may have my joy made full in them. In other words, that my joy may be complete in them. Verse 14, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. Hear this. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. It literally means to keep them from the power of the evil one. So in other words, too many of us are too busy trying to get out. Well, I just wait for that rapture. God, take us out. And God said, look, I'm not calling you out of the world. I'm calling you to be light in the midst of darkness. I'm calling you to trust me and know that I will keep you even in the world. Come on. Come on. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. In other words, consecrate them. Set them apart. 
make them holy because I'm not pulling them out of the world, but I'm preparing them to be a vessel in the world. I'm preparing them to be my anointed ones. I'm preparing them to be servants of the Most High. I'm preparing them to be consecrated and ready for my work to be done. In verse 18, as you sent me into the world. How, did he, how was he sent? Well, you might not like this. As he sent me into the world, Jesus came as a lamb slain from the very foundations of the world. Jesus came as a servant. Come on. As, as you have sent me into the world, I am, I am sending them. God help us. Because if we are, if we are emotional if we are distraught by everything that happens to us, if we're triggered by every little word that somebody says, you will not be able to accomplish the task of being able to stand for the kingdom of God in this world because the world hates you. You've got to be sharpened. You've got to be equipped. You've got to be ready. You've got to know and have the confidence of God, not confidence in yourself. You've got to have the confidence of God in you to know that no matter what happens in this world, as the Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If it's meant for me to die on this world, then I'm so bid. I'm trusting God because I know that my life is not in this world. This is a temporary place, but I, heaven is my home and I've got to a home in glory. Oh, yes, it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Amen. Amen. We'll get up here and play, bro. We'll be here till dinner time. Because I didn't even get to John chapter, 1 John chapter 3 yet. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, verse 20, verse 21, that they may also be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, think about that, guys, so that the world may believe, the word believe literally means to continue to believe, so that the world may continue to believe that you sent me. I'd love to keep on going. The word says that I have, the glory that you've given me, I have given them. That word glory could be translated as opinion. It could be translated as majesty. But you're bearing about the glory of God wherever you go. You, you, you've been called to something greater. The world wants you to be triggered. The world wants you to, to get down in the dirty with them. The world wants you to be hindered, wants you to be offended. That's their tactic. But we've been called to something greater. Rick, he says, let them be one in us. We've, call, we've been called to be one. One body. And we have multiple facets. Every one of us has a function in the body of Christ. And every one of us is needed to fulfill the plan of God 
in this local congregation, but even around the world. And we can, we can allow ourselves to be triggered by the world and lose sight of the plan of God. Or we can hold our head high and know that if it's God's season, I'm going to walk in it. If it's God's plan, I'm going to live it. And I'm going to do my best to know that it is not me. It is Him in me. Y'all need to hear that. Because this ain't religious. It's not me, but it's Him in me. And because of Him in me, I'm going to be able to put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to be able to take up the sword of the Spirit. I'm going to be able to consider myself dead to the world and alive to Christ. Amen? Romans 6 and 11. But guys, even more so than ever before, we need a remnant of people who are truly surrendered to God, who will truly say, I will stand for the Lord at all times. I will hold fast to His Word. I will walk in love. Verse 26. And I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Guys, the greatest of these is love. Love. Now, let me tell you something. Love's not, you can read 1 Corinthians 13. You can look at all what love is. But there is some time, Joey, that love is, I've got my baby in my hand, so to speak. And somebody tries to come tap my head. Whoa, hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. Love is saying, son, daughter, you did this. Now, none of y'all, y'all like perfect kids, but you did this, but, and because I love you, this is the consequence. There's a sense of love that reproves. Y'all understand, right? There's a sense of love that loves somebody enough that won't let them continue in a destructive path who says, I love you so much that I'm here to help you. Love's not just passive and, oh, I just love you. Love's not just something we say, but it's an action we perform. It's something we do. And even in this passage, how you know that you're my disciple is that you have love one for another. The world is full of hate, guys. They don't need to see that emotion out of us. What they need to see out of us is, will you love me? Look, Kim and I served as foster parents. And, and as foster parents, 
bring kids in. And something that, as I was teaching classes on how to be a foster parent, I taught people, I said, when you bring a foster kid in, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to test you. They're going to see, do you really love me? Do you really care? Do you, do, why are you doing this? Right? And man, I've had a few that I was ready to kick out on their ear. But I knew that if I responded in the way that they were, that they were responding to me, that we were just going to bring that baby up to another level. But I remember grabbing a hold of one of those kids one day and saying, look, I know you're hurting, and I will never be able to replace mom and dad. But right now, can we stop and we just pray for mom and dad? Can we pray that they are made whole? Because I love them just as much as I love you. And I want to see them well. And I want to see reconciliation take place. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Love transforms. This morning, I, maybe you've been triggered. Maybe you have allowed what's going on in this world to affect how you're looking to God. And it's a little bit frustrating in you. But today I pray that you would surrender that to the Lord. To, today I pray that you would be able to lay that baggage down that you've been carrying and say, Lord, I can't handle this anymore. And I turn my eyes to you. How many want to lay it down this morning? I'm going to lay it down today. I'm changing the view today. Father, I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a fresh mind, a fresh renewing of your spirit within us. God, I do believe that you are raising the water level. I do believe that there's a, a, a rising of your spirit. There's a stirring and a hunger. But Lord, I pray that we will not allow the things of this world and the mentalities of this world to keep us from, from fulfilling the plan that you have. And today, whoever it is or whatever it is that we have allowed to, to overwhelm us and allowed to frustrate us and allowed to keep us from drawing near, today we release them. Today we pray, God, bring healing in their life. Today we pray, God, that they will be blessed and that, that they would experience the love of God. Today we pray that they are saved by the power of your love. Today we pray, God, that you would renew their strength. And Lord, in so doing, we pray for a renewing of ourselves. God, that we find the hope in you, that we're set free from the bondage of the past. We're no longer bound by, by the anger. We're no longer bound by the frustration. We're no